Lord God, you are love, and you are an eternal consuming fire, and we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to burn on the inside, that we might be your temple, your sanctuary, filled with your presence. We ask it, Lord God, in Jesus' name, help us to preach, amen. Hey, if you're new, um, it's important to know that uh, we usually preach through books of the Bible, and uh, this morning we're preaching through the Gospel of, of John, and uh, I want you to know that because I want you to know that I don't preach on a text because I understand it, okay? <laughs> or because I think, oh, hey, this is the one that we ought to talk about. It's because it's the next one in line, and uh, so we need to pray about uh, that, or you need to pray for me, and hopefully you uh, spend some time during the week just looking at the text yourself. If you want to, you, there are Bibles in the back of the pews there, and you can look at those and read along with me. But we've been preaching through John uh, chapters 13 and 14 recently. It's the Last Supper. Jesus has just washed the feet of the disciples. And now John 14, verse 12, he says this, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me has faith in me, will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. Wow. I mean, has that, has, has that ever puzzled you? How are we going to do that? Kind of reminds me of this video that my friend Monty Swan sent me uh, a few weeks ago. A few people have tried it. Nobody has ever managed to get anywhere close to what we got like today. <laughs> you have to believe you can do these things. It's not like impossible. There's been a few people that have been like sort of following us. It's me, my boots and I, we're going to make it. I definitely think it's going to be the next big thing. new sport was not existing before. You have to run very fast on the water. I mean, obviously the first step was the most important one. When we like discovered, oh my God, Jesus, we're going one step, we're going two steps, we're going three steps. We're discovering it as we go along. Isn't that cool? By the end of the video, I mean, they get like 10 steps or something. It's pretty impressive. But I've wondered, you know, maybe it's like that. You know, Jesus healed the lame. He fed the multitude. He walked on water. And he said, whoever believes, whoever has faith, will do greater works than these. And so I used to figure, if I'm not walking on the water, I must not be trying hard enough, or I must not have the right technique. They have this technique where they kind of go in an arc and they can get more steps that way. Oh, I must not be concentrating hard enough. I, I figured faith was like using the force. Remember Luke Skywalker on the planet Dagobah? While well, Yoda was teaching him how to use the force. According to the Star Wars uh, encyclopedia, I found this online, the force also was known of as the way. Use the force, Luke. Use the way. When I was a kid, charismatic movement blew through town. So we had books and classes on spiritual gifts, how to get them, how to use them. And in my mind, the Holy Spirit was like the force. 
So I remember praying and concentrating like this. In the name of Jesus, acne, be gone. In the name of Jesus, cup, levitate. Walk on water. Nothing. I mean, maybe at best I get like two, three steps and then, and then sink. Impossible. Just impossible. Well, if you know my story, you know that the turning point came one night along about 1978. Locked myself in the bathroom in my parents' house. Littleton, Colorado, dropped to my knees on the edge of the bathtub, and I just sobbed. I just cried, Lord Jesus, I don't think I can believe in you. I don't think I can believe in you anymore. Because, you see, I didn't see any great works. I didn't see any manifestations of glory. And I've been praying, would you just show me a sign? You can do that. Just show me a sign so I could believe. That's an interesting prayer, show me a sign, because you know, Jesus seems to be pretty ambivalent about signs. And you may not have noticed this, but this is terribly important. In the Gospel of John, Jesus has done seven. John's very intentional about pointing that out. You, you may remember that he started numbering them back in chapter two. Jesus turns water into to wine, and uh, John says this is the first of Jesus' signs that he did to manifest his glory. And then he heals the official's son, and that's the second sign. And then there's the lame man at the pool of Bethsaida, then the feeding of the 5,000, then walking on water, then healing the man born blind, then number seven, raising Lazarus from the dead. The end. Now, seven is important because it's the number of creation, right? Seven, seven days. The revelation, John's revelation, is full of series of seven. Seven uh, symbolizes all of space and time, all creation. It's like uh, all creation, the entire universe, all space and time is a sign. And what's a sign? Signs point to something, Right? or else we don't call them a sign. And so walking on water must not just be about walking on, on water. John also refers to signs as, as works. Maybe the work is like the substance of the sign, what it points to, the meaning. John six twenty nine. Jesus says, this is the work of God that you believe, have faith, trust in the one whom he has sent. Trust in me, who I am. Not the sign, the substance. It's interesting that by John 14, the signs are complete. What scholars refer to as the book of signs, John's chapters one through 12, book of signs is, is over. You know, Easter really isn't a sign, but, but, but the substance. Jesus only manifests. You check this out. Go look at all the Easter appearances. He only manifests to people that have already somehow loved him. The signs were for the whole world to see. But Easter was only for those who had loved him 
to see. And he said this, an evil and adulterous generation seeks a sign. Adulterous. What, what do adulterers seek? The signs of love rather than love. The gifts of love rather than love. Well, anyway, Jesus says, whoever has faith, believes in me, will do the works that I do and greater than these And he's just washed the disciples' feet. Commanded them to do likewise, saying, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. And, 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 and he just washed their feet. No wondrous, miraculous, incredible sign. Just a slave washing feet. Next verse. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified, glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now that really seems impossible, right? Anything in my, did John really believe this? Uh, this is interesting to think about, but, but remember who John is. He's the very last of the disciples. He's probably writing the gospel in the last part of the first century. All the other disciples have been executed, killed. And John either has been or will be exiled to a penal colony on the island of Patmos. John has seen a whole lot of suffering, and don't you think it would have occurred to John somewhere along the line to pray a prayer something like this, Father... Get me off this island in Jesus' name. <laughs> or what about the, the Apostle Paul? Don't you think it would have occurred to him to pray a prayer something like this? Lord God, could you like not let me be flogged with the 40 lashes less one in Jesus' name? <laughs> and yet it happened to him five times. And what about Peter? Oh, Father, please, do not allow me to be crucified. In Jesus' name. What does that mean, in Jesus' name? I mean, does it, does it just mean in the name of the letters J-E-S-U-N-S? -S? Or what they mean? Who they, who they mean? What does it mean? Have you ever prayed this prayer? Um, Jesus, I just want to know you. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Anybody, anybody, anybody? Yep, yep, yep. Have you ever prayed this prayer? Oh, Jesus, I, I want to follow you. Yeah? How about, how about this one? Jesus, I would just like to be like you. You ever prayed that prayer? I have. I wonder if Peter, Paul, and, and, and John did. Two years ago, I was feeling rather forsaken, 
beat up, even forsaken by God. And I, and I preach this sermon on loving when there's no reward for love except love. That is, the sermon was on loving love. That is, being willing to be crucified in love, for love, even as love. When, when I sat down after the sermon, Susan leaned over me and she said, Peter, I just heard Jesus say this. See, Peter, I'm making you more like me. I must have prayed that prayer in Jesus' name. Well, later that night, after Jesus said these things, just a little bit later, John 16, 24, Jesus says it again. Whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And then he says this. Up until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Do you get that? Three years and nothing in my name. And now all that's left of his earthly ministry is in the morning he'll be flogged with the 40 lashes less one, crucified and exiled to death in Hades. Just that. And if it's a sign, it's a sign due to the lack of signs. A sign that Jesus, who had all power, chose to surrender all power, taking the form of a slave in order to wash our feet and to wash our lives and reveal his glory, the glory of love. He had just said it. Now is the Son of Man glorified. Of all times, as Judas walks out to betray him, it's night, and he says, now is the Son of Man glorified. This is no longer the sign, but the substance love at any cost, love in absolute freedom, love entirely free of the constraints and the control of this world, love. Perhaps the greatest work is love or anything done in the name of love. Next verse. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. He's just told us God's commandment is eternal life, and, and so what are his commandments? What, Jesus' commandments, and you check this out, but in the Gospel of John, I think it only says that, that, that there's, there's one. He says it in two places. He says, this is my commandment, love one another, just as I have loved you. Now, we know that love fulfills the entire law, right? And Jesus fulfills the entire law. Law without love or law without Jesus is empty. To love as Jesus loved, though, that's absolute perfection. I mean, if, if you, you fulfill my... That seems impossible. Doing greater works, getting anything in his name, walking on waters, I mean, that seems impossible, but, but this, let's just be honest, this seems absolutely most impossible. Love one another just as I have loved you. You know, I can make myself wash somebody's feet that I don't like. 
But Jesus just washed the feet of Judas. And in the morning, he would receive Judas's kiss and call him friend. And Jesus, Jesus is the truth and, and does not lie. This love is, is no act. In the morning, he'll hang on the tree and cry, Father, forgive them, even as he bears the sins of the world, washes us in his blood. And why does he do it? Because he wants to. He said it, no one takes my life from me, I lay it down. Love one another just as I have loved you. My commandment, says Jesus. And then check this out, 1 John 5, 3. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Well, excuse me, John, but exile, beaten, flogged, dying for my worst enemies because I want to such that it's not burdensome? Seems pretty dang burdensome to me. Not an easy yoke or a light burden. And yet that cross was Jesus' yoke, wasn't it? And it was his burden. Love just, just like Jesus? <laughs> Impossible. And when I'm honest, I realize that what I usually call love is, is lust or codependency or manipulation or some form of control. In other words, I barely ever, if ever, love, love. What I do is I use love for some other end. I use love like I try to use the force or use the way. I use love, and what is love? 1 John 4, God is love. And in this is the love of God made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. God is love. And Jesus is the manifestation of love. And so just by trying to love with this old heart of mine, just by trying to love, I end up using love, then hating love, even crucifying love. Why? Because I don't love love. It's not my nature. And so walking on water is nothing compared to love. It's an impossible possibility. And the command of love, the command of love reveals that I don't love and cannot make myself love. What does it do then? Well, it just causes me to cry out for help. Help me. I need a helper. Well, maybe it's not just a command. Maybe it's not just a command. Maybe it's also a promise. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And you will love your neighbor as yourself. Not just a command, but a promise. Think with me, okay? If God is love, then the word of God is the word of love, which is also the command of love, which is also Jesus. 
So, a new commandment I give you is like saying, a new me I give you. I could use a new me. Maybe this will help. Remember this box? I've been talking about it in the Gospel of John, um, the universe. Imagine that this is the universe. This is the entire cosmos, the world. This is the Big Bang. So that means that inside of this box is all creation, all of the laws of cause and effect, because those have to exist in space and time, right? All creation, all space and time, all the Big Bang is inside this box. And what's outside this box? All around it. Nothing? No. Everything. God. And God is love. The eternal, unchanging decision that is love. God is love. And so our cosmos, our universe, our world, like floats in love, created by love, maintained by love through the word of love, and and yet it cannot receive love. For it is in rebellion against love. Uh, It's uh, empty of love, for it will not surrender to love. So what do we do? When love shows up, we try to use love. We even crucify love, and so we can't love We can't comprehend love, and and yet maybe love can comprehend us. We can't make love, and yet maybe love makes us. We cannot animate love, produce love, but maybe love can animate us. God is love. And Jesus is the word of God, the commandment of God, the commandment of love in human flesh. He's the first one to dance, and he came that we would dance. The love that made the world enters the world and then enters me like a new me and causes me to dance. The ancients used to talk about the music of the spheres, The logos of God, the logic of God, the reason of God, the music of God, the music that is love. You know, if we try to control the music, we kill the music. But if we surrender to the music, we begin to dance, animated by that music. And then we don't use the force. The force uses us, animates us. Scripture says, you know, that one day the entire cosmos, the entire universe will be filled with the glory of God, filled with the life of God, actually filled with the presence of Jesus. That's in in, in Ephesians, filled with Jesus, filled with the logos of love, word of love, music that is love. Everything will be filled with love and dance to the rhythm of love, but maybe, maybe we can begin to dance now. A new me, now. Jesus said, 
if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Maybe that's like, if you surrender to the music, you will start to dance. And when you dance, what happens? You forget the dance steps, and yet you fulfill all the dance steps. You forget the law, but you fulfill all the commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Maybe that's not a threat, but a promise. If you love me, if you, and, and maybe you do love him, just not very much yet. Not much, and, and maybe you think it's nothing. In other words, you don't love much, and you don't think that love is much. You think love is nothing compared to stuff like walking on the water or parting the Red Sea, and yet, yet, love created the Red Sea. You think washing feet or a cup of cold water given to a child or or a visit to the sick and imprisoned is, is really nothing when actually it's everything. It is literally everything. For even a little love is eternal love, imperishable love, imperishable seed. You know, on Judgment Day, Jesus said the king uh, will sit on the throne, and it appears that he is not at all impressed with signs and wonders and incredible miracles. In fact, people will say to him, did we not cast out demons in your name? That was pretty cool. Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do many mighty works in your name? And the king will say to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Oh, that was the work? But it looks so good. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. And yet, he'll say to others, I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison and you came and met with me. Enter my kingdom. And those people, they'll look at him and they'll say, well, we don't even remember that. Perhaps they don't remember because they were dancing, filled with music, animated by a spirit. They were free, not trying to love. They just did love. In other words, it was their nature. A new me, love. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you do love him, it's because he first loved you. Even if that love looks to be just about the size of a seed, (laughs) implanted by a word or even as a word, 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. Back to our text. If, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Oh, good. I need that. To be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The spirit of truth. Well, the spirit of truth must be the spirit of Jesus, right? Because Jesus is the truth. He just said so. He dwells with you and will be in you. 
I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Now, that'll blow your mind if you think about it, but that's what he said. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to it. Man, that's what I wanted that night, kneeling beside the bathtub back in 1978. Well, anyway, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home, our abide, our abode with him. We'll make our home with him. That's how they'll manifest to him. God will fill them with himself. And he is love. No, I can't even begin to comprehend all of that. But, but I think that Jesus is saying something kind of like this. When you want to love and you feel like you can't love, love. And you will love. With just a mustard seed of faith in love, we'll plant that love. Take the, the steps of love and, and you will love. Even if you can't hear the music of love, practice the dance steps, not in fear, but in faith, and the music will come and fill you and animate you to the rhythm of love. If you feel like you can't love, but, but, but you want to love, make a space for love, and love will come and fill you. If you can't love your wife, but you want to love your wife, because you have begun to love Jesus. Well, do what you do if you did love your wife and love will come and fill you, manifest in you, help you, a miracle in you, the impossible possibility in you. If you don't love but want to love because you love love, because you've begun to love Jesus, act like you love. Act like you love and you will love. Practice the dance steps until the music comes along and sweeps you away dancing. Act like you love, and it's not hypocrisy. If you're honest about the act, and you earnestly desire that the act would be real, that's not hypocrisy. That's hope and faith. Longing to be filled by love. You know, when my girls were little, like two, three, four, they'd, they'd play with their dolls. And I'd come into the room and they'd say, look, Daddy, I'm the mommy. I'm the mommy. And not once did I ever look at them, point my finger at them and say, hypocrite, liar, Pharisee. Never did, because I knew something. I realized that one day a miracle might actually happen. God might fill that hope with life, fill them with babies, and all that acting like mommies would have prepared them to be mommies. Maybe God is preparing us for something in this place. If you don't love the poor, but want to love the poor, 
because you've begun to love Jesus. Well, do what you do if you did love the poor, and love will come and manifest to you. Mother Teresa told about a day when her sisters uh, were walking in the streets of Bombay, and they found a man lying on the street dying, and so they picked him up to take him back to the home for the dying, and she said that as they picked this man up, the whole of his back remained on the street. And they took him home. They nursed his wounds. They washed him all the time staring at those naked bones on his back. And Mother Teresa says the man never said a word. And then she asked her sisters, what did you feel as you were touching that man? She said one sister spoke up and spoke for all the rest. She said this, I have never felt the presence of Christ so real, Mother, as when I was touching him. You know, Mother Teresa told thousands of stories like that. Have you ever become a story like that? Have you ever loved the unlovable? You know, I think maybe it's not even love unless it's loving the unlovable, if you think about that. Because if you love expecting to get something back, well, then it's probably not love. I mean, have you, ever, have you ever loved someone from whom you expected absolutely nothing in return? I mean, it doesn't often happen to pastors in churches because we usually expect something in return, you know? But have you ever loved like that? And then afterwards, you just felt so alive? Have you ever had that experience? If it's just someone downtown or someone in a nursing home somewhere or someone that could not pay back, you loved them and then you just felt so alive. Maybe that was Jesus manifesting to you. He said, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That's what I wanted that night as I knelt by the bathtub in my parents' house in Littleton, a manifestation of Jesus. And I think that explains why the kids in my youth group years ago in California kept uh, coming to Jesus on the wrong youth group retreat. I, I mean, we, we used to plan these great outreach retreats, you know, where we would have all kinds of great works and signs and wonders. I mean, canoeing and movies and skiing and, and great games and speakers, speakers that would explain the gospel and then call the kids to make a decision for Christ. And sometimes some would, kind of. And then we also planned mission trips. But the mission trips were for the committed kids. The kids that had already made a decision for Jesus. And then on the trip, they kept deciding for Jesus. On the wrong trip! We'd go build houses in the Tijuana dump. And so we built houses during the day. Kids would build the houses, play with children that live there in the dump. They'd give them cups of cold water, feed the hungry clothe the naked. During the day, they did acts of love. And then it was like almost every night around the campfire, one of them would stand up and say something like this. Now I believe in love. 
Now I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus now. Why? He must have manifested to them during the day. And then he manifested in them that night. The decision of God, the free will of God, the word of God, the love that is God. Years ago, I was praying for a friend that was reliving just a horrific incident. And, and as we prayed, she had a vision. She had a vision of, of Jesus. He was standing in front of her, and I remember she just cried out, Jesus, why won't you hold me? Jesus, would you, would you hold me? That's what she kept praying. Would you hold me? And, and then she said to me, he's not holding me, Peter. Why won't he hold me? And I didn't know. And so I remember I wrapped my arms ever more tightly around her, and I said, well, why don't you ask him? And I remember she just like sobbed. She cried out. She could, Jesus, why won't you hold me? And then silence. And then she told me the answer. She said, Peter, I just heard Jesus say, I am. I am holding you. He was using my arms. He was using my body. I am holding you. You see, he not only manifested to me, he not only manifested in me, he manifested as me. A new me. His spirit in my body, the eternal decision from outside the cosmos, the, the, the will of God, the free will of God, God's will in me. Wow! And you see, the, the greater works then are still his works, for we become his body, his body. And they are more and more. Why? Because his body grows. His body, that's what he says. That's what scripture says. My body, we become his body, his body that still suffers for love. Still suffers for love in this fallen world. And listen, there is no greater work than that. And I think this is the miracle, the greatest possible, impossible possibility that you and I would freely choose love, that you and I would actually one day love love, that John would want to love like Jesus, that Paul would actually long to share in the sufferings of the Christ, that Peter would actually want to be crucified with Jesus, that we would want to love Love above all else, love in freedom. That we would actually want to not be greedy. I mean, can you even imagine that? Where the thought of being greedy would like be rubbing sand in your eye or something, you just didn't want greediness. <laughs> that we would actually want uh, to not be greedy, that we would not want to covet or lust, not want to take but to give, not want to be proud but be humble, not want to be first but be last, that we would actually want to humble ourselves and wash feet. That we would want to love 
is the greatest possible impossible possibility. I've been a pastor for quite a while, and, and I really think this is the hardest thing for us to believe, that God would actually send his spirit into our hearts, that we would actually have new hearts so that we would actually want what God wants, so that we would actually get whatever we want, so that we would actually be at peace with all things. The hardest thing for us to believe, the hardest thing for me to believe is that God would create a new me. Even if right now it's just the size of a seed. Well, let's finish our chapter real quick. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the, words that you, that, and, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has nothing on me. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that, so that, this is why, that the world may know that the cosmos may know. This is why the world was created. This is why the world was subjected to futility and pain. This is what all creation and all signs point to. This is not the sign, uh, but the substance. So that the world may know, I love the Father. So that the cosmos may know, love. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three persons, one substance, love. In the morning there would be no signs, for this is the substance. Body broken, blood shed, the revelation of love. He cries, it is finished, bows his head and gives up his spirit. That spirit that is sent into our hearts. That decision that will one day fill the entire cosmos with love. And so I knelt by the bathtub and I just cried, Jesus, I don't think I can believe in you anymore. I've been seeking a sign and I saw no sign. And now let me tell you, I'm older now, and I have seen just a boatload of miraculous signs. I mean, miracles, wonders, deliverances, manifestations of power. I've seen all sorts of miraculous signs, but not when I sought signs. 
Only when I sought love. Only when I looked for love. And check this out. The apostle Peter, he actually did walk on water. But only as long as he did not try to walk on water. (laughs) Only as long as he did not seek to walk on water. Only as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, the manifestation of love. So that night in the bathroom, which is the closest thing to my conversion experience, I, I cried, Jesus, I don't think I can believe in you anymore. It wasn't until much later that I realized and that without even thinking about it, if, as if it was my second nature or perhaps my first nature, I was talking to the one that I said I didn't believe in. I must have believed. Why? I had no signs. I only had the substance. It had manifested in my dad, in my mom, in the people who loved me. Love. Do you realize that that is far, far, far more powerful than all the signs and wonders in this world? It's not the sign of love. It is love. It's not the gifts of the Spirit. It is the Spirit. It's not the works of God. It is the work that is God. So I hope we're a church that desires the gifts of the Spirit and that expects to see signs and wonders. But if we do not have love, we're nothing. Maybe I'm, I'm getting old. I think I am getting old. But I really have seen my fair share of signs and wonders and miraculous events. And they're really cool. Sometimes they can uh, be less than cool, though, if they're not backed up by love. But, but they really are amazing and wonderful. But you see, if we could just love each other, we'd already be home. 1 Corinthians 13, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It seems pretty clear to me that love wins. And it starts here. It starts now. At this table. For on that night that he said these things, that night that there were no signs, only substance, he took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given to you. Take and eat and do it in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, after supper and having given thanks, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Remember, the life is in the blood. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you, and do it in remembrance of me. Eat and drink. And so he invites you to come to the table, tear off a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup. Dark cups are wine, light cups are juice. And then with faith, with faith, take, take that just, gosh, you only need a mustard seed of faith. So if you're sitting out there struggling, gee, should I really do this or not? Well, if you like them, if you just got a mustard seed of faith, come to the table. But with that faith, you take that little, that little speck, you dip it in the cup, and you place the eternal seed in the broken soil that is your heart. Place your new me in your old me and worship. It will grow in Jesus' name.
believe the gospel and live. It was St. Jerome, actually, that records John's last words. According to church history, uh, I think John died in Ephesus. I, I don't know if that's, that's where they say he lived. But Jerome says that as he was lying on his deathbed, uh, the church gathered around him and they asked for his last words. And this is what he said. Little children, love one another. Little children, love one another. Little children, love one another. And then they said to him, is that all? Is that all you have to say? <laughs> and he said, it is enough for it is the Lord's command. So believe the gospel, the love that he has for you. And may you love as he has loved you. And love will not fail. In Jesus' name, believe the gospel. Amen. Hey there. I hope the message that you just heard or viewed helped you to believe a little more that God is better than you thought, the love of Jesus is deeper than you know, and the Spirit is everywhere working the wonders of mercy. If that's so, I'd love it if you would consider two things. Number one, ask yourself if there's someone that you know that might benefit from this message, and then uh, forward this link onto them. There are several ways that you can do that by visiting our website at thesanctuarydowntown.org. Secondly, I'd love it if you'd uh, take just a moment and uh, ask the Lord if He'd like you to contribute to this endeavor financially. We really can't do this except for the fact that God inspires people like you um, to give. And uh, you can do that by uh, going to the website and clicking on uh, the donate button or uh, by simply mailing a check to the sanctuary downtown at uh, 2215 West 30th Avenue, Denver, Colorado, 80211. Uh, thanks for being a part of what we're doing, and God bless you.